You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. So my dear wife, Pam, you know that we have the most astute, sexiest audience in podcast land that Agreed. I do know that, yes. Because they are paying attention to the different things that we do, or we'll mm-hmm. talk about something, um, and maybe we're a little off, maybe I'm wrong. We'll hear about it. Okay, so what did we hear so about? So we've got to, I've got to do a correction from last week's show. Okay. Because it was pointed out on last week's show, we did a segment on uh, getting telehelp in the age of virtual and telehealth yeah. options, right? So that, uh, and I made a comment that uh, during the pandemic, uh, most states, is what I said, mm-hmm. if not all, had made it to where the, you could cross state lines with okay. licensures. That, in fact, is not true. Oops. Not every state is on board, and some of these are just provisions that are short term. Okay. So, one of them that's not on board, actually, is Texas. You know, because Texas thinks of itself as its own country, not just part of the, right. the country. Right. <laughs> but it, it makes it to where. I, I, just to clarify, we need to make sure people understand. Ask those follow-up questions if you want to work some, but with somebody across state lines. Because mm-hmm. there's still ways you can to where it has to just be under a different umbrella. It's not under their mental health licensures. Right. So the paperwork needs to be set up different. Their business needs to be set up different. Gotcha. And But there's just to clarify, uh, if that is something you want to reach out for help, because there's more help available now that telehealth is more in, in vogue mm-hmm. and common. And, in, and can be incredibly effective. Uh, be sure you ask some clarifying questions if you're going to work with someone that's not in your state. Gotcha. If they're in your state, you're perfect. Right. You're all good to go. So thank you to the fellow clinician yes. that was paying attention and uh, spoke up to bring that to my attention because I heard, I heard wrong and then said as such. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that was cleared up. Okay. And welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, where once again, we rely on the SMR Nation to help our show be better, Uh, because Mm -hmm. you let us know what's going on, you let us know if we're off base, or we missed something, or you want a little more. And so the way you can do that is you uh, call us and leave us a voicemail at 214-702-9565, or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, plus there's Instagram, TikTok, all just at Radio. And then there's our platform, my.smrnation.com. So there's all kinds of ways that we can have conversations going on. Mm-hmm. And a quick plug, if you okay. want a conversation going on in your marriage, we have our resource, the State of Our Union, that's been out for a while now. That we still use. You and I week. still regularly mm-hmm. have a weekly weekly conversation and chat about the things that matter and are important. And right. so uh, check out smrnation.com if you want to know more because there's some great resources available that are designed to help enhance your marriage. Because when your marriage is better and you listen to SMR Nation, our marriages are better too. That's right. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is a couple of your questions and our answers. And I'm saying this kind of tentatively because the first question we're leading off with, we might spend the whole time 
Okay. Not quite sure. All right. See how the conversation goes. The conversation's going to go because it's one of those that uh, you are un, unaware of where we're heading. I am unaware. And it's an area that we don't talk about very often on Sexy Marriage Radio. Okay. So I don't know where this might go. All right. So cue tape, folks. Maybe so. <laughs> and then on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to spin off of another email that's going to be part of our queue for today's show mm-hmm. that's on a common topic that comes up about sex doesn't happen very frequently, so when it does happen, it's quick. Mm. So what are some things that I can do to get her on board for more. So we're going to answer that question and then I'm going to spin it in a different direction into the whole world of two choice dilemmas and the world of sexual polarities. Okay. I, if you're trying to tease people, I'd say the, the phrases two choice dilemma and polarities is kind of, I, I'd say what? Yeah. So all that's coming up on today's show. So an email came in says, Hey, Dr. Allen and Mrs. Pam. Binge listener here. I love the work that you guys do on your amazing podcast. Thanks for all the help and hope you provide to married couples everywhere. So here's my situation. I'm 23 years old. My husband and I have been married for a little over two years now, and I love him very, very much. In pretty much every area of our, every other area, he's an exceptional husband. But I'm very much into the BDSM, and he is not. I've never been with anyone other than him, and he's nowhere near as into the experimenting with toys and scenes as I am. He tries for me, and he says he doesn't mind being my dom, which is the domineering or the dominant. He doesn't mind being that one bit, but he's not as consistent as I wish he was in doing it. I'm a submissive, and he is a switch, but he's more of a sub-leaning switch. Just to clarify, for those of you that are unknowing of this terminology, a switch is somebody that can either go either dominant or submissive. They will lean one way or another, but they're comfortable doing both. Follow so far, Pam? Gotcha. Okay. So for the first two years of our marriage, we lived with his parents. I went to school with my career, and we were both busy and stressed living there. Now that we moved into our own place, it's really come into focus that he's not into the dom that I need him to be, and I'm genuinely wondering if I made a mistake in getting married so young. I don't want to be forcing him to do something he's not into, but I don't want to be forced into forgetting something I am. Our sex life is pretty great. It's rough, and that does the job when we have done some truly kinky sex. It puts our usual sex to vanilla shame. I've communicated these needs to him several times, and he's tried for me, but he goes right back to the norm eventually. I've tried to change my attitude about my needs, but my head has a hard time getting into sex sometimes with him being so naturally submissive. I've stepped into the role of the dom for him a few times as well, and he's genuinely enjoyed it, but he doesn't need it like I do. I don't want to cheat on him, but I've caught myself with thoughts leading off into that really dark direction that a couple of different times over the years, and every time I bring it to him, we reconnect on the almost kinky level that I need, then it goes back to being normal. Divorce is not an option at all, but I'm wondering if this is really what I'm going to have to resign myself to for the rest of my days. I'm at the point now where I just want to preoccupy myself, preoccupy myself with anything creative, such as learning how to fight, shoot, paint, etc. I want to preoccupy myself with things I can get my hands on to distract myself from the seemingly depressing fate. Please help. Sincerely, a frustrated and desperate sub. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that could be easy to derail our conversation is we can get caught up into the whole BDSM terminology mm-hmm. and aspects when that matters. Mm-hmm. But I want to still frame all of this in preference and what gets you going and the differences therein. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Because I think it's interchangeable with every relationship. Yeah. Whether you're talking dominating, submissiveness, kink, mm-hmm. fetish, or you're just talking, I would rather you be romantic this way. I would rather you be pursuing this way. I'd right. rather you it's, be decisive. It's or, still high desire, low desire, and whatever methodology you enjoy right. your sexual relationship. Right. Yeah. So some of that still applies here in the sense that you play a role so do they. And how often do we get caught up in this dynamic of, I wish that they played the role I want them to play for me. Right. And we get tunnel vision and we don't see what really is. And we get caught on what's missing. Right. Right. That's what, that's kind of a theme we've had the last couple of months Mm -hmm. of the bigger issues to look at in marriage are not what's missing, but what's present. Because what's present in the way she has framed this, she has somebody that's willing and is interested to play out some of these roles and on the edges, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's just not going to lead toward, which means he's not going to be the dom. Right. So it's almost like he's going to have to be a pseudo dom at her suggestions and at her urgings, mm-hmm. which could kill it. Kill it for her because she wants him to be that way, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so this is where you have to start to at least examine deeper down. What's the meaning I have attached to this aspect? What is it the the drive that I have towards this? And does it ruin it if I have to go various routes to get to it? Meaning, if I have to be the one to get get the ball rolling before he assumes that role, does it ruin it all? Right. Or can I flip that switch a little bit later into the process and I'm playing with the polarity there mm-hmm. of the energy of one person bringing forth a yin and the other person bringing forth the yang. That's where we'll right. be heading in the extended content is unpacking that more. Right. But to realize that's the dynamic that's at play and how often we shoot ourselves in the foot because what I really want is my partner to be more like I am or read my mind better, which that's not just going to happen. Right. Well, and I guess that was the, um, you know, part of my question is it you you use the word ruin? Does it ruin it if he if he doesn't do that? And I look at this, and I don't want it to sound condescending, but when you're 23, early on, there's a lot of relationship to learn. There's a lot of. And a lot of, of self to learn. There's a lot of self to mm-hmm. learn. And you've lived a lot of life to that point. But there's so much more to learn within a relationship and seeing how uh, there's things that he wants in other areas of the relationship that you're not wanting. Right. right? And and how do those things play off each other to then develop a deeper meaning? And he is doing this with you. Mm-hmm. Right. He's he's. A, a willing participant, just not as often as you want. Yeah. And that's, that gets into the aspect of 
when I've when I look at different things that are going on in my sex life and I focus on what's missing, I seem to think that if I could just fill in that gap from my partner, all will be right with the world, mm-hmm. right? Because that's but that's becomes the I become hyper focused on it mm-hmm. rather than seeing it as okay. Even if he became the perfect dom, there's still going to be an issue. What issue of is a gonna, dynamic that's but playing out between you? What issue is there if he's the perfect dom? Well, because there's still this element of what if that doesn't satisfy what I really thought it would? What if long term that becomes eh? Okay, that you know, becomes vanilla then. Right. right? There's always something this, new. It's just this aspect of. As we evolve in our sex, and our sex lives are great examples of this. When I focus just merely on the pleasures and the fringes therein and the physical aspect of it, yeah, there's only so much you can do and experiment and try and dangle your feet off the cliff. And, you know, all, there's only so much. And that's the thing that it starts to become that dopamine thing in your brain where. You, it's the law of diminishing returns sometimes, right? Right, I, right. Until you start to get to the deeper levels, which I think is what you're pointing out when you're hearing the youth of the youth of them, you're pointing out there's a depth of us as humans that even here I am a week from turning 50, mm-hmm. and I still haven't scratched some surfaces of me. Right. <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of things about right. me. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to say anything about age to diminish the the no. the concern. That's not my point. It's um I I guess I want it more as an encouragement to to say there's there's so much more in there and I think sticking with this and seeing how if if she's coming at this from the best in her and encouraging and playing a good role, right? Who knows what that well, brings out in him? But she, well, she even pointed that out. Of she'll bring forward. Here's kind of the dark of me. Yeah. Right, and that lights something in him. That they kind of capture. Yeah. What it is that she's looking for, and maybe even him. A little longer in that moment, right? That it, it kind of enhances everything which Mm -hmm. that to me is vulnerability Mm -hmm. because we have to exist this is a truism of of life that i'm I'm starting to see more and more in the people i work with and the emails that come in and the conversations that take place on instagram that we have to recognize that we are not a hundred percent one way or another good or evil right we're both (laughs) it's degrees okay right yeah That I could have something that is totally what I have in my mind as self-serving. No, I'm sorry. Selfless. Selfless, yeah. There's still an element in there that's self-serving. Because I get some pleasure out of being involved. I I like the way I look at myself and being that person. That's still self-serving. It's not on the evil continuum. Mm -mm. But we have to realize that there's aspects of our being and our nature that those things exist and acting like they don't is when they wreak the most havoc. And so being able to realize I have some dark places I am capable of going in my fantasy life and in my thought life 
and bringing that forward, not trying to weaponize it or ultimatum it, mm-hmm. but just saying, look, this is where I'm at. That actually creates a tremendous power because you can use it and it manifests itself into better mm-hmm. goodness aspects and likelihoods. Then it stays dark and it keeps planting a seed and it keeps and it festers and then it grows and then once it, lo and behold, you're way out of character. So I guess I'm getting a little off by using the word dark and using the word evil. You're, are you equating that? You're not equating. I'm not equating that, that at all to the BDSM or no. The, but I'm just, she made the comment of, I, I can sometimes go in a really dark direction with my thoughts leading off. Gotcha. Into okay. Maybe okay. this, maybe I need to go someplace else. Maybe this isn't ever Gotcha. Gonna, and that's a darkness that is human. <laughs> right? right. It is. <laughs> it's, it's recognizing my existence in real time better mm-hmm. of this is what goes on. Yes, we have these thoughts mm-hmm. and the people that... You can read it in them and they don't acknowledge it are not just lying to you. They're lying to themselves. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's, it's, this is that element that this is the one thing from the times I've had a chance to work with couples that get it, that have been in the BDSM world a little mm-hmm. bit more and yep. I'll, and I'll totally be upfront. I've not gone real in depth mm-hmm. in that world. So professionally, right? But I don't think for this, it, you have to have that. It's no, still well, but let me, just I'm, that this core is a qualifier. Level. This is a qualifier for a statement, though. Right. Because one of the things I have found is if you're going to get into the world of some, whatever you deem as kink, mm-hmm. for a couple to explore that effectively and better for where it's both edifying to mm-hmm. each individual, their communication level really amps up. Okay. Because they're they're adding a new level of realness, rawness, vulnerability, however you want to frame that. Right. But there's an element of, I'm letting you see a part of me that not many people see. Mm-hmm. And I'm still wrestling with, I don't even know what this means to me too. Okay. But I'm going to hang that out there and boy, it's ammunition that you could use. Right. And boy, it's, that's a huge risk. And right. so the couples that really go into that and the fantasies are the same thing and you really share a fantasy you can't unring that bell Mm-mm. and it's, you just gave your partner ammunition that could scare them to death because now they're like, oh, here we go. Right. It's all going to be this. It's all going to be that. But the one thing I found is the couples like she's talking about that have been able to talk about these things, it does amp up the energy in their marriage for a short term. It's a little bit of a shot of adrenaline hmm. because it's like, I see you. Yeah. I don't know if I like all of what I see, but (laughs) I see you. Right. And some of that's like, oh, or some of that's like, yeah, okay, let's explore that a little bit. Yeah. And there's, that's the, that's the concept that I think applies to all of us that are willing to take the risk of letting myself be seen and bringing myself forward, kinks and all. Right. Because again, it doesn't necessarily mean I want to act on anything I might say as a fantasy. But the freedom to explore it and realizing the courage it can take to do so, you end up a little bit like this couple where it's like, well, let's dabble with this. Let's see. Yeah. Because they're still early in this. It started off, the last thing I, that jumps out to me, unless you had something you wanted to add. Well, I had, a, I had a thought or a question, but go ahead. Okay. The last thing that jumps out to me is 
they started off their relationship and had a uh, microscope over them in a sense, living with parents, mm. starting off a new marriage. That's a different level of stressors right off the bat. Sure it is. That's awkward. That's, that's uh, smothering even on the emotional component and the freedom that maybe you could have. Right. So my bet is she had put a tremendous amount of expectation on when we have our own place, man, here we go. It'll be role play central. It right. will be act this stuff out freely. It'll be. And when we have expectations, they just don't live up to that. Well, and that's a good point. Cause that perfectly valid that that might be in there. And you talk about expectations, you know, she said she needs him to be the Dom. Right. Well, but, but he's naturally submissive. Right. And I'm curious if he's submissive in all areas of the marriage, you know, is she the decision maker across the board? Are we just talking about this topic? Um, right. Cause you know, what else is playing into that? Is, is he just in general submissive? Is yeah. She- and he could be, cause there's a lot of times the, the people that I have worked with that this kind of uh, polarity happens. Uh-huh. It's not uncommon from my sample size <laughs> of uh-huh. clients for, the person that wants to, that's more naturally submissive when it comes to their sex or the BDSM role they want to play is the dom in every other area of their life. They just want that part to just let, let go and be free. I don't want to have to make decisions. Take over. Right. If you've got a strong opinion, you're it's right. And so it's, it's very common that there's a powerful person that's just like, take me. (laughs) I Mm. want to be the submissive when it Mm -hmm. comes to this aspect but I see one of the goals I think all of us can have, whether I dabble in the world of, of this kind of B- BDSM role play, et cetera, or not, the undercurrent exists in every marriage of what role do you play as the higher desire or the lower desire? Mm-hmm. Add to this the question, how freely can you move between them even in the midst of experiences together? Hmm. Maybe on a global scale, you are the higher desire for a kink or a frequency or a quality or a timing or whatever for the sexual desire. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of it, can you become a lower desire? Are you a lower desire on an aspect that maybe your spouse would like to be doing, but you don't ever, you want them to lead it there? You won't, even though you know you like that, that they like it. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this this is where. We all can grow if we start to look at our dynamic in marriage and the role we play on how freely can I go back and forth between these poles, if you will, of difference. Yeah. That can I give and receive? That's a re- I think that's a really good point because even the, even the lower desire, whatever it is, just because they're lower, we say this all the time, just because they're lower desire doesn't mean they're no desire when they... Possibly, yeah, absolutely. Into it, very likely, um, it, it, enjoy it, get into it, mm-hmm. um, and freely participate. And there's things that, wow, I'd love for you to do. And even though you're the higher desire, and this is a great dominant role, mm, you're just not interested. Yeah. And wow, what a disappointment that can be for the partner. Uh, yeah. Right? And gosh, how and how, uh, what a juxtaposition that is of of trying to get them to want it more if 
that's not something you're willing to do right. on your side of things. Right. So this is this is coming back to ending this like we began it. How are you focusing on what's present, not what's missing? Yeah. What's the dynamic that's present between you? How can you address that cleaner and see maybe there are some roles that I can shift and alter slightly and still succeed with what I'm hoping? Yeah. Some of the time, more of the time, whatever makes it successful for you, that's determined by each person. But a lot of times we have to start to see it as what's my role in this and what are some alternatives? Because when I can look at it that way, that's when I have found without fail, elegant solutions start to appear. Mm-hmm. So before we shift into the extended content, yes. I'm going to read the email. Okay. That, that we're going to be covering and then we'll pivot it and it'll kind of build off of some of what we've just been talking about in okay. the regular version okay. so far. So it says, Hey Corey, first and foremost, thanks for the podcast. It's been informative, encouraged me and encouraging to me. And I really appreciate the work that you've done. Hoping you can offer me a little advice. My wife and I have struggled for most of our almost 19 years of marriage with sex. I am by far the higher desire spouse, and that's proven to be a challenge as I haven't always handled our lack of intimacy in the best way. In any case, at this point, we have sex maybe twice a year, and that low frequency has also caused other issues around our sex life. You see, because of that low frequency, I tend to want to do as much as possible for the longest time because it's so rare that we will actually have sex. In addition, I don't always last as long as I'd like, so I want to do other things for my wife, be it oral or manual with my hands. For me, it would be ideal to give her an orgasm before we got to sex proper. I've told her this, and she has often said, I don't need that, and it's been left at that. And when we actually have sex, she seems to want to rush straight to penetration with little to no foreplay. For me, that's difficult because I would love the session to last longer and be more exciting rather than just get to penetration as quickly as possible. Recently, a day after having sex, I asked her why she doesn't like doing other things besides penetration and why it seems she wants to rush through things. That led to her getting upset and crying, saying, I always ask things like that. I always analyze sex, and I ruin it every time by asking questions afterwards. All that is backwards. background for my question. How can I encourage her to desire other things to let me take care of her first and actually enjoy foreplay and other things besides just penetration without it turning into a battle. I know this may be asking a lot, but I value your insight and in many in many areas throughout my listening to your podcast. Thanks. You want to hear our answer? Be a part of the extended content. Well, it's been a while since we haven't made it through multiple questions i know i know two whole emails this whole thing well for the entire show yeah well, for but for the regular session the extended, was, yes. just the, was just the one email that's been a long time yeah since that's happened that i kind of like the idea of i felt a little old school a little bit where we would get deep into some of the different subjects a little, little bit and try to explore and see okay what does this mean what does that mean what's a better way here and so hopefully the, the nation benefits from just kind of seeing, okay, a lot of what we're talking about when it comes to our sex lives, topics are as unique as the individual people or the nuances are as yeah, unique they as are. the individual people. Yeah, they are. But the fundamentals underneath it, yeah, we're all facing a lot of the same. Pretty similar, yeah. Because I'm still trying to figure out how to crack the code. And as soon as I think I got it cracked, you change or I change or circumstances change. Yeah, yeah. And Life we got to do whatever. another code again, so... Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. 
If we left something undone, let us know, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. See you next time.